Hey everybody, welcome to the show. So, um, a lot of you have been asking for some sort of person, people, entities, or adjacent for uh, you to be able to air your grievances to, for somebody to, to be the voice of the community. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. And we are very proud to say that we have finally found some community managers. And of course, since um, they are going to be interacting with you a lot, I figured, why not bring the head honcho onto the podcast and have him tell the story, introduce himself, and as is per usual, introduce himself to you guys. So, Thor, say hi. What an introduction. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's my radio voice. I love this. Hi, everybody. So happy to be here. Hell yes. So can you just give your title, what you do? Yeah. So, all right. Um, I um, I have the honor of being the senior community manager. And uh, I will be here to um, manage. It's just a weird, weird word, right? I'm, I'm not actually here to manage the community, but I'm here to help the community, right? Mm-hmm. Assist the community. Yeah. But it's called community manager. Um, and I'm looking so much forward to it. Hell yes. So the title of community manager, at least in the sense of Ember Sword, entails a lot of just, you know, wearing different hats, having different skills. Uh, and you are incredibly qualified for the position. Can you tell everybody what your background is? Again, what an introduction! Thank you. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's split it up into into two things because mm-hmm. I really like to uh, approach my background both from the I guess boring academic side, uh, but also from the autodidact side, which has some very important aspects uh, for me that I use in my in my work life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess academics are in, are in order. I have I have a bachelor degree in meteorology, which mm-hmm. for those who don't know it is kind of like an introduction to all kinds of technical stuff, like some bit of programming, bit of audio design, bit of animation, um, bit, a bit of everything. And, and then you you choose a master's degree and focus on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I didn't do that. So because why follow the system? So I chose another master's degree <laughs> and focused on communication and uh, product management, uh, mm-hmm. because I found out that's, that's the path in game development that I wanted to pursue, right? So and I'm very happy for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to apply for the special education, and for like a couple of months, I didn't know if I was actually getting in, and it was. I thought, ah, oh, have I ruined my education? But hey, it, <laughs> it all it all worked out, right? Thankfully, uh, it, it all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> then I I love um, project management. I love I love structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love creative and, and chaos, but we'll find that out later. But I love structure, so let's talk about that for now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've taken courses in, in stuff like uh, alignment and conflict handling, de-escalation uh, stuff. It, they always have fancy words like like a- active listening and fierce feedback and stuff. And nice. it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> fancy names. I, I like talking to people and like communicating. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's yeah. Um, I've had some experience in communities before. And it actually took some time for me once uh, I started out being community managers at another game company that I actually had a lot of experience in working with communities before because it was kind of camouflaged in some of my earlier jobs, even from a young age. And it could be uh, book clubs, it could be uh, live role-playing, it could be uh, pen and paper, but I've actually had to do with communities from a very young age. 
so while there was a lot of new things for me in my first community management job, there was also a lot of uh, things um, I could I could uh, I could use. Um, I've been a bit in HR, in recruiting, um, in uh, yeah, in in other parts of game development. Uh, there was a point of my life where I mm-hmm. thought I was going to be a game designer, uh, but that wasn't really me. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of natural for me to think, hey, I like writing, I like creating worlds. I should be a game designer. And then I then I found out that's not necessarily the same at all. I, I've had a lot of friends who who've gone into that with the exact same mentality, and it just almost always pans out the same way. It's just a weird expectation for society type of thing. Um, you you have had extensive community manager or community management experience. Um, can you talk about? A little bit about what those communities were like, how they stack up against our community here at Ember Sword. Yeah, so um, I would say, based on my initial experience and approach from Ember Sword, which have been none less than amazing, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and so oh, nice shucks. introductions. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> nice, nice community. It's wonderful what have already been uh, been accomplished. Uh, a wonderful foundation that's been made. But it seems that the community is older. And not necessarily experience-wise, but older, uh, like um, older players, older community members uh, than what I'm used to. But I, I take that as an advantage, not a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem, uh, and that's nothing harshly on my on my previous community, but they seem a little bit more mature on some aspects. But it's also a more mature world that of Embersort uh, compared to the two games I've been on. Uh, right. So it's it's some other aspects that game is tackling. So it makes sense it's a more mature community. But there's also the usual things like memes and, yeah, and humor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Most of them featuring my face, which thanks everyone <laughs> for that. that. I see that. I'm very uh, happy for the pet rock, which overtook everything for like <laughs> two weeks and I had a breather. <laughs> yeah, I think there's the hey you, which I finally understood when I <laughs> once I got to the end of a podcast, right? Hi you, you fit yeah. <laughs> and then there's the de- the hydrating the hydrating one. I think I've, I've yeah that have gotten thrown in yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as memes go, this is the healthiest one I've seen in a while. So like, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Props to yours for having the world's key. You just water chuck. But there are some experiences I'm taking with me, and and, and with with any things in life. Now I'm getting deep. Uh, there's some good and bad experiences, right? Some some dark and some found memories. Some, I'm also bringing with me some experiences of what not to do. Mm-hmm. Some some memories of of, of uh, failures. Uh, some on my side, some on, on other sides. That's how it goes. Uh, but things I, I would like uh, pitfalls. I would like not to fall into, because I actually love mistakes, but I don't like making them twice, right? So, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> then it's getting kind of repetitive, falling into the same pitfall. It is a very healthy mentality to have. I mean, failure is how we learn as a species. So accepting that notion is one of the first steps towards improving oneself. Now it's getting deep. Um, yeah, no, yeah, you great, great doubling down, doubling down. <laughs> uh, it's it's the same, right? In in competition, I I hate being defeated, but sometimes defeats like uh, what is the saying? Lose the battle, win the war, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that saying. Sometimes you have to be defeated, and you have to learn from it. Uh, and that's and that's uh, and and sometimes in life you are lucky that you are in a in a context or position where you can actually get defeated or lose something, but uh, you don't lose as much as you win from that, right? So so there are there are times in life where you can actually afford to take some beatings to take to uh, to fall down 
in the dirt and, and, and learn from it. So I'm approaching Ember Sword with a lot of things I don't want to uh, do. Uh, a lot of things I don't want to uh, to do again, but also approaching with a lot of fond memories of what worked and, and what um, I also hope would, uh, would, would help this community. Hell yes. Well, uh, I feel like I almost skipped a step here, but um, how did you come to work on Ember Sword? All right, so it's actually, I guess it's not a long story, but it's, it's a funny little story. It's, we got it's, time. It's, fun, it's, yeah, it's funny how like things just happen, right? You have all these ideas of what you're going to do with your life. And then, like for example, I wanted for a long time to be a lawyer. Uh, yeah, yes. So you have all these ideas, right? I also studied uh, another education before I jumped on meteorology. So you have all these ideas and then almost accidentally... Uh, depending on what you believe in destiny and stuff things just happen right don't say destiny uh, it's a trigger word for me i've yeah. got 800 hours in that goddamn game <laughs> okay okay <laughs> well let's approach it like the hobbit like sometimes right, a wizard yeah. just knocks on your door and it's it, basically it's a binary thing right no yeah. or yes to adventure and and this time i said i said yes to adventure but let's begin at the beginning so uh, at my previous job um in the Danish game development scene, it's it's pretty small, right, compared to to other countries, and and sometimes you they have a lot of internal dynamics with loaning people to other companies and and doing stuff when there's not enough stuff internally to do, and I had some part-time contract with actually the, I guess let's call it the business slash communal park where we have our uh, one of our Danish offices in. Uh, I actually did some work for them because they wanted focus on esports. And I did some work for them in analyzing esports in that particular city, the second biggest city in Denmark called Aarhus, analyzing the esports scene there, trying to um, trying to uh, dig up uh, the, the the community there and community build some uh, some esports and some potential focus from the city uh, into esports, perhaps even combining it with game development and stuff, which we could need more focus on in in that city in Denmark. Uh, which a uh, big surprise is the city I, I live close by and it has been a big part of. So that's it, it means a lot to me also intrinsically. And that's why I got introduced to Bright Star Studios, to Sven actually, I believe it was initially. And um, and um, yeah, it, it I could sense a grand adventure and I was suggested multiple times by contacts I had to apply for, for this job. Uh, and I ended up applying and... Uh, I'm very happy for that. <laughs> Me uh, too. For what it's worth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I, I could just like um, sense this grand adventure, and and at the time it felt like uh, like a gamble because I was a place that I actually have like I really loved, and I have a special place for it in my heart still. So I didn't leave with slamming the door or anything. Uh, also, I don't like slamming the door in, in the first place because I always say slamming the door is easier than opening the door, right? Uh, but but I could sense something grand, and and um, as we had the meetings, I could just feel like this was a place for me, and I haven't regretted that since. So uh, so actually, it's been more enhanced. Hell yes, points for <laughs> us. <laughs> I mean, a little a little bit of. Decent human interaction goes a long way. That's what I'm getting away from this. So I'm I'm really happy that you found uh, Bright Star Studios and just you know the Ember Sword community at large to be to be a welcoming experience. Um, speaking of, I'm the king of segways, dude. Um, the <laughs> you, the you, usually it. this is where since we mostly have the developers on the show, this is where I ask them about their vision for the game is. However, uh, 
I'm going to ask one of the most important questions probably in the history of the podcast since this is, you know, you are community facing and the community listens to this and you were in charge of that in a, in a weird Ouroboros like cycle. What is your vision for the community? Oh, oh well. Um, <laughs> I'm, I have a lot of visions, um, but um, I'm still getting onboarded, right? So some of the things are, are being a little vague, also because I have pending meetings. And I am the type of person, I don't necessarily go slow. It's not the turtle, turtle versus the rabbit thing. I like to think of, I go slow until I'm ready to go fast, and then I go fast. Uh, and and right now I'm going slow uh, purposely because I have some pending meetings and I don't want to be the guy that comes in kicking in the door saying hey FBI is here change all this stuff <laughs> like uh, yeah I'm oh, sorry <laughs> um, but but I want to approach it like I don't want to ruin the foundation that attracted me to this community to begin with I want to build on top of it right so but some of the things I can say is um, and uh, it also fits very well with some of the design principles that I, that I know people working on the community before me has, has, has made. But I want this community obviously to grow immensely. Like we need to, to, to break down walls, break down borders and limits, because that seems what Brightstar do, right? And, 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 and we, if we can find a path, we'll make a path. So we'll grow into the unknown and reach for the stars. But it's very important for me that we don't lose what's, what's already there, right? We don't lose the small communities within the big communities. We don't, we don't lose what was originally there, what attracted the original players, the original community members. So we, I'll be looking a lot of how to grow and, and um, don't lose what we are while we grow. Um, and, 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 and find places for this big community and then small pocket communities within the big community, which is some of the things I really like about communities, but Discord in general, that you can have these small pockets within the major, the major scope. That's that's commendable. That's that is a. I've been wondering about that particular thing myself since uh, we are on track to have just exponential growth. So it's awesome that you're already thinking about how to one manage that and two keep the feeling the same. Since one of the things that I just love the most about the community is truly the, this feeling of togetherness that we fostered. Which for a community of like as of there's this recording, fifty thousand people and growing is crazy to me how how just awesome the discourse continues to be um well you, you did mention that you are still in the process of learning um in regards to that i guess what is the biggest area related to your role that you were curious about and why um can i add something before i reply to that of course uh, yeah of course wonderful because i would also say like um these four factions and this Fanibus Cup and these amazing Hogwarts like Harry Potter like, but still being original to Embersort, it doesn't feel like it's it's just that. But these four factions and the magic around them is something that drawn me, like that that really drew on me in the beginning, and it's something I really want to work with. And even though I have chosen a faction, uh, which maybe can be uh, something for another time, <laughs> I feel this magical drawing from all the factions and for Fanibus as a whole, and I really want to work with these four factions because. I think that's also in some aspects unique to Discord communities because it's not just guilds; it's 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 much bigger than that. So that's also something I want to lean on heavily uh, because I really like this idea and this and this this yeah Hogwarts-like feeling of this cop and these factions battling together. Um, but yeah, some of the the main things I approach this 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 job title with is storytelling. 
And it, it goes back to one of my autodidact aspects of work life, which is my, my writing. And I have, I have written and been so fortunate to also have published some Danish fantasy books. And I started in a very young age writing and storytelling is something I try to fuse into whatever I do. Uh, and community management is also a part of these things. And uh, I am already diving into the lore and with the rest of my team, we are trying to, to live and breathe in Thanabus. Uh, because if we can do that, if I can imagine myself living and breathing there, I'll be able to help others do the same. And I don't necess necessarily want it to feel like you have... When you don't play the game anymore, it's just, it's just still feel like Thanabus. And community managers can enable this by throwing in little subtle things, storytelling, maybe just ways of introducing yourself or addressing people. Um, I like storytelling. Uh, I'll, I'll end it there. So that storytelling for me is that big thing. Nice. And apropos of that, you did mention uh, diving into the lore a bit. What are some of the things you're researching the most right now? So, I, I like characters. I like diving into characters because uh, characters for me is some of the most fundamental. Like, if you understand the characters, you understand uh, most of the story usually. But I have actually spent a lot of the time right now just trying to get a grasp on this massive history that goes on to Thanabus. And obviously I'm not going to say anything because I don't know what I can say. But right now I'm putting focusing on the grander scheme of things. Like, like um, um, why has this happened? Why did it happen? All, all the big W, double Y questions, right? Like, like why, how, what? Uh, and I've been actually been, been writing uh, to the law responsible person uh, because I couldn't wait. Uh, so before I was formally introduced, I was like asking him all these questions. And luckily, he approached that very well. <laughs> I was hoping I wasn't, I wasn't nagging him. Uh, I, had, I had all these questions. But I'm actually getting into the persons now. Uh, because understanding the persons is, is the, uh, the doubt over the why. why. It, it's, it's, the, it's the true comprehension and attunement to the story. If it wasn't immediately obvious that you're a good fit for the job, you essentially approach storytelling the same way that Sam, our narrative designer, does. Uh, in the multiple podcasts I've done on the lore with him, his main um, just driving motivator to create the story is the characters. He creates the story from the characters up, right? And it's it's a tidbit. Yeah, it's a tidbit I, I really just love reminding people of. He has pages upon pages about every single character in the game, including a sea creature that lives in Solarwood. <laughs> That's how deep he's gotten into it. So like, I haven't it, found that one yet. I'm going to find that one. <laughs> a little, little bit of guidance for you. But yeah, it's, it's awesome that your mentality is the same. That, that really just means that the synergy is already there and your mindset is completely in the right place. Um, well, that is most of the inverse questions that, you know, if not all of them. Uh, now we get into the freeballing section of the podcast, which is always just a pure delight for me and I assume the listeners. Um, this is where we learn a bit more about your gaming habits since, you know, gaming company and all that. Let's oh, start no. with... <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, you're just going to be under massive scrutiny from now on. Um, of course. <laughs> so let's start with... I to conduct myself accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with your top three favorite games. Oh, no. Um... 
it's so hard to compile these these lists, right? Because there are games who have meant a lot of you in the past, who still mean something to you, but it's a list that's that's changing, right? In some way, I guess for some people, for some people it, it might not be changing actually. Uh, so I have some games that like are maybe honor, honorary members of this list, but isn't on there anymore, especially because I've been involved in esports and there are some of the games there that that I don't put on this list, but obviously they mean a lot to me because I've spent an ocean of time there, <laughs> uh, which cannot be refunded and I don't want it refunded. So, 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 but they're not on the list. So the list is actually, I guess, I hoping, I hope saying a lot of about me as a person. It's, it's, it's great RPGs with a lot of story. And, um, it's, it's, it's first of all, Witcher 3, the wild hunt. Nice. And I, yeah, I, and I don't know, like, that's probably not a surprise for a lot of people, but it's a wonderful game. And for me, it's, it's a perfect, uh, end result. Uh, of of what 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 a wonderful game for me it is music um, artistic wise quest wise story wise even combat wise um, so for me that was uh, yeah that do you remember um, what build you went with the first build I went was the Gwent build I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> I went into the game and and I and I found out uh, that uh, that there was Gwent and I got sidetracked. Uh, but my build was yeah for a lot of hours. You were like actually, gambit. You threw cards at people. I would assume. Yeah, I actually like I continued through the game to find more players I could beat in Gwen. So I was like, <laughs> so so the NPCs was like, hey, we have this time before the great ambush. We might play a game of Gwen. And I'm like, I'm actually here to play a game of Gwen. I don't care about the ambush, <laughs> but let's just play. Uh, and uh, but but sign build. Uh, it was uh, my first build. Uh, sign build. I love magic. And my mm -hmm. first build, while also playing on not extreme difficulty, was was sign build. Nice. Uh, and um, now I'm curious, what was yours? Reverse questions. Uh, the exact same. Again, with synergy. Oh, uh, oh. I, start, I started with signs, <laughs> and then uh, I went through the entire base game with that. And then uh, since some friends of mine bought it for me, what was it, late 2017 for my birthday? Uh, I had the Game of the Year edition, right? So it had Hearts of Stone oh. and Blood and Wine. Yeah. And for the DLCs, I figured I would mix it up. And I talked to one of my friends, and he said, make the Buzzsaw build. What is the Buzzsaw build? Spec super hard into that whirlwind melee attack. Yeah, yeah. And just dump the rest into potions. Oh so I was I was a, <laughs> a potion-chugging, blade oil-applying, just tornado maniac of death. And it never got boring. To the point where I had to just tone it down a bit and invest into some other melee combat skills because I because Hearts, Hearts of Stone is one of the best narratives I've ever seen, and I kept ruining the narrative because like a, an incredible cutscene would happen, and then I just spin to win like ten yeah, seconds. Yeah, I was just after. about to say spin to win. Yeah. <laughs> I started chuckling like an idiot, so I had to tone that down. Uh, I have not played it a second time yet since uh, I, uh, God forbid, I have Xbox Game Pass. And every single video game in the world is on there, so I just keep playing new stuff, and I can't go back to the backlog. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually doing that build right now, and and that's my that, the spin to win build, and that's my <laughs> my third build. But my second build was alchemy, uh, nice. bear, uh tank, Ooh, and, and that was sick. also on the hardest uh, difficulty, and uh, and that felt that felt pretty strong. Uh, definitely stronger than the sign build, but yeah, I was basically a pyromaniac. Like I, I ran around burning people, <laughs> uh, shouting for someone to play Gwent to. That was how I was imagining it. Right? I want to play Gwent. <laughs> Do you play Gwent? Okay, burn. It's uh, it's it's awesome that Geralt is such a well-developed character because a lot of games 
the, have the schizophrenia problem. Yeah. And I, I realized that by, and this is going to be super embarrassing, but <laughs> um, I had a period in 2015 where I was in Scotland doing an exchange semester and I had nothing to do, dude. I had like three classes a week. So I figured I'm going to install Skyrim again. Uh, since I, that was right around the time when I was starting a very long D&D campaign and I wanted to learn how to roleplay better. So, and my dad loves giving me notebooks that I never use, but I had them in my <laughs> luggage, right? So I installed Skyrim. It took like two minutes because the internet there was insane. I, as, as I was downloading mods, I just start writing down a backstory for the character and I very quickly realized that I would have to use my extensive knowledge of Skyrim to circumvent some of the quests because objectively if you're trying to roleplay it and you do every single quest the dragonborn yeah. is an insane person <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the best magic man you're a valorous yeah. knight also yeah <laughs> you're a paid killer yeah you do yeah uh, you're actually taking the words out of my mouth in a wonderful synergy because skyrim is actually number two on my list nice uh, yes. yeah so that's that's a wonderful transition and uh, and uh, talking about hired killer, my Skyrim build was this uh, never seen assassin. Uh, the only thing you saw was his arrows. Nice. Like, Stealth if, Archer if is the only way to play. <laughs> yeah. So, but Skyrim is wonderful, and uh, it's it's a wonderful game. And and the third one is actually Fallout uh, New Vegas. No. Uh, oh hell yes. Yeah. Uh, the Fallout franchise means a lot to me. I, I would say it actually still does, but it's it's changed obviously a lot. And before that, it also changed. But but New Vegas is is a game that meant a lot to me. And actually, being primarily fantasy focused, uh, Fallout is one of the few. I would say not the only one, uh, but but one of the few franchises who brought me outside that uh, that genre. And it uh, yeah, it didn't bring me the same amount of tears and chills that Witcher brought me. But it is a wonderful game. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say. Good stories uh, is is in all these three games for me, and that's very important for me. I have spent a lot of time on MMORPGs, uh, but the ones on my list tends to be the one with uh, me uh, cancelling out all noise and playing a game like I, I would read a book, and and just you know embracing the story. Uh, there's been, especially in the past couple of years, a rise in what people colloquially referred to as the walking simulator and games adjacent yep. to that uh do you have any favorites from from that just sort of subgenre? i'm um, curious hmm, do i have any i don't know i mean let me let me make it just easier i'm envisioning things like firewatch yep. life is strange things of things of that nature that are very heavily focused in narrative firewatch i actually i actually forgot about the game which is a sim because that's not a game you should forget about uh, that's that's a game with a very unique experience. I wouldn't put it on a list because I would never play it again, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was a unique experience, and that's actually something. So I guess that's that's maybe that's maybe the one because I don't. It didn't feel. Oh, oh my God! It's true. You were walking a lot. You were basically. You were basically. I guess climbing and jumping. Yeah. <laughs> but that game gave me chills, and I still have. You know. There's so much, so much things that feels unresolved, even though it is resolved in the end. Okay, I, I won't say, I won't spoil. I guess <laughs> it is very immersive. That in the same vein, just just to round this out and the, the focus on games, one of the most perfect intersections of gameplay and narrative I've ever experienced is Outer Wilds, uh, which came out a couple of years ago. It is, 
I, I'm not exaggerating here, one of the greatest video games ever made. Uh, it takes around 10 to 12 hours to finish. I'm not going to spoil anything about it, it's just... Let me give you a broad overview. Uh, it takes place in a, in a solar system, and you there's a you have a spaceship it's a tiny solar system and you have to resolve the mystery of what is happening in that solar system there's something that happens uh on a timer and you need to find out what that is why it's happening in a long way you discover you know the previous inhabitants of, inhabitants of that solar system you discover a lot about the culture you're from and it is sublime that sounds like something i should uh, i have to go now <laughs> Sorry, can do. Steam sale soon. <laughs> it, it is. It is incredible, truly. So I would. That sounds like something that. I'm gonna check out. Absolutely. When I'm so, done working. <laughs> <laughs> wink. No wink. Yeah. We are. We are constantly busy. Don't even. Don't even assume everybody. Um, I'm actually, I'm not done working. Of course, that's, that's <laughs> of not course. a thing. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is work. Um, so the community never sleeps, right? <laughs> So let's let's um, sort of roll into the next question. Um, what is your longest gaming session? And thank you for that suggestion, by the way. It's um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, well, I as an esports competitor, I guess ex esports competitor. Uh, though I try to stay competitive, in, uh, especially in, in in the card games, that doesn't require my mechanics to be. Uh, what they what they once were right so uh, i have been to 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 land events i've been to tournaments and parties and and i don't have track of it but but some of them especially in the early ages of of hearthstone when uh, when the competition wasn't as refined as it then was before it got unrefined again uh, no shots fired but um <laughs> there was a lot of tournaments where it was uh, not prioritized in in the events uh, so sometimes it was all through the night. You have to play the tournament, high stakes. Uh, so there have been some events, especially related to Hearthstone, where I've just... There can also be some waiting time in Hearthstone, and you have committed your decks, and you are starting to second guess, and you are you're just waiting there, trying to... Should you drink energy drinks? Should not drink energy <laughs> drinks? Should go out and do an exercise, do a walk? When is your, your opponent ready? Sometimes if you go all through the winner bracket and the loser bracket is taking a lot of time, you have a lot of waiting time. And, and when finally, when you have this, this, this final of the winner bracket, for example, against uh, the, the winner of the loser bracket coming up, sometimes uh, that person feels so energized and you've just been sitting there waiting. Uh, I'm talking like I always took the winner bracket. I guess I usually took the loser bracket route. route but, uh, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, there was all this waiting. So that's been, that's been some long tournament stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think an honorary member is actually Dungeons and Dragons for me, and I don't Ooh. think we've touched. If, uh, oh, that's coming up! That's coming up! Yeah, that's coming. <laughs> I have played Dungeons and Dragons for. Uh, I guess I say since I could talk, but that's not correct because I, I didn't start talking when I was eight years old. But <laughs> <laughs> but I've maybe played Dungeons and Dragons since I was like seven, eight years old, and I have dungeon mastered for just as long. Uh, because you, I guess some would know this feeling like you're in a group. Somebody has a dungeon master. People pointed you. That's a role that's set for life, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but been there. We have this crazy. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. And you're like, hey, you can also remember, guys. All of you, feel free to pitch in. I would love to play in your worlds. And they're like, ah, you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Oh, this hurts oh, the soul. <laughs> and, uh, okay, guys, that's 
That's cool. Someday one of you will have to take over, though. I, I keep saying that to him. <laughs> uh, at least for some time. But uh, I love it, though. Um, we have we have a cra- the group I'm in now. We have crazy habits of playing Dungeons and Dragons from for uh, insanely inhuman, Cthulhu-like long durations of time, where our minds get muddled, and they do mistakes, and I do mistakes, and it's crazy. And uh, yeah, and we've done that before, where we have gone to vacation houses and just played for a whole weekend, few hours of sleep, some cooking. And then just you know play Dungeons and Dragons and it's it's crazy, it's it's I don't know if I can recommend it because it's really tough, uh, <laughs> yeah. both for the players but also on me as a DM, um, but I guess that would have to be the one I choose. It's it's so tough, and oh, yeah. my wife is always like, "Why do you do it? It's it's so tough. You are you are you are ruined for for weeks to come after such a weekend." But I'm like. But my soul is is energized. My soul needs it. It's so goddamn rewarding. It is definitely not something newish players should do. And this is a this is a good place to announce that we are definitely doing a D and D podcast sequel. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are okay. such a wealth of knowledge, I cannot wait. But yeah, that's. Looking I, I have mm-hmm. I, I have been in a similar spot, not as long, but we have barricaded ourselves into a house and just played for hours on end, and it is exhausting especially if you're if you take it as seriously as we do uh holding character for that long can get draining and i had a (laughs) shakespearean (laughs) moment where a character actually died and i character got up and just started uh yelling at the cleric to bring him back and he just kept yelling at me that he couldn't and it was beautiful we almost got into a fist fight it was insane (laughs) yeah serious business um (laughs) well it is it is serious business right and and that's the thing even when it's not serious it's still serious Uh, like at least if you do role-playing in that in that aspect so Uh, and that sounds like you do as well it's uh, yeah you you need to be invested into it i mean i I just in the face fight i would never i love those people yeah. And I would never get into a fight with them. Don't do it, kids. Do do not do not beat up your D and D buddies. You're not gonna find any new ones. Trust me. It's really no, but there, there are similar situations, right? Some some player just really gets into it, and he slams the hand into the table, and coffee marks just go rolling, and characters mm-hmm. fall down. And but it's because he's invested, right? He's not yes. angry. We had this player a couple of weeks ago, and he just was so excited. He just he slapped his fist into the table. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. I've also had a player that was actually recent from a new thing for me. Uh, I've had a player crying. Uh, I've had players crying. Oh, it should be mentioned for a good reason, not for me making them cry. I guess only through the story. Uh, um, but I've had players crying like after a campaign, uh, like talking about things or like when you're out partying and and you talk about these things. Uh, because you should definitely talk about Dungeons Dragons when you're partying, right? <laughs> uh, and and but but I actually had a player crying uh, when we were role playing a funeral moment for me in game. As his character was crying, he started crying, and that was uh, that was a new thing for me. That really touched me. I was like, uh, wow, wow, yeah, That's... that was uh, that was serene. That is powerful stuff. Um, yeah. Well, what role playing games or tabletop games do you actually play, apart from D and D, of course? Uh, yeah, D&D is a, is a major thing. I've actually had a comp- competitor, so let's start there, to D&D for some time. And when I say competitor, it's, it's not going to substitute D&D because I don't think, I don't think that's ever going to happen. 
right? Because I also have a lot of homebrew rules and D&D for me. And I guess a lot of these old groups have, like, we have defined D&D for ourselves. Um, but Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, hell And if yeah. you don't know it, you should, yeah, you should check it out. As I have grown older, uh, and my soul has grown older, uh, I I found such a passion for this, for this fascinating piece of... Uh, role-playing game it's it's so personal and it's it's so it's horror but it's personal horror and political and um you can make D &D like vampire the masquerade if you role play a lot and if you are personal about it Uh, but D D at its core is is board game like in some aspects and that's fine with D D. you always sometimes have these two modes like you have role-playing and you have when you get into combat yeah and really good role players will take role playing with them into combat right and that's mm -hmm. amazing um but in vampire the masquerade it's the same thing like combat and role playing is the same thing and there's no transition it's it's and it's amazing then i have a big love for uh, cthulhu and old lovecraftian things yes <laughs> and destroying my players minds with it of course uh, the character meat grinder <laughs> yeah And then Aliens, actually. I like the Aliens, uh, like Ridley. Uh, the Aliens movies, uh, playing games in that universe is actually something I've picked up, which I actually also nice. love. Yeah. Hell yeah. And another way to ruin my players' uh, minds and souls. <laughs> <laughs> and get them, uh, get them really scared. Have you had um, players in a Call of Cthulhu game make characters specifically to kill Cthulhu? Has that happened? <laughs> um... I, in my normal games, I actually wouldn't say this happened uh, directly, but we played once a version of it that's called Pulp Cthulhu, uh -huh. where it's like action Cthulhu, and we didn't. Okay. We only played it once because it was a bit weird, but <laughs> but they, didn't they made characters to actually nuke uh, Cthulhu from orbit or whatever you say? Yeah, <laughs> of <laughs> found course out that didn't really work. Yeah, that that's the thing. <laughs> you, you can't, but hey, they're gonna try. I've heard so many convoluted stories, uh, mostly from one person, uh, who who just had players come in with, which is the most contrived garbage since you know, the mythos takes place in what the early 20th century. Yeah. yeah. So people just went with, I was in the army. I have or all this ordnance. Look at these five RPGs yeah. I have. <laughs> like, And it's not gonna help you. <laughs> You can try, you can blow some chunks <laughs> off of them, but the soup man at the bottom of the ocean is gonna grow him back and eat your soul. But like, even though like fighting humans in Cthulhu, like I, I brought my D&D players in and they were like already a bit scared of the HP pool, right? And then when they got into a fight with some random dude and he just fired a shot at them and one of them almost died, he was like, oh, this is lethal. Yep. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> All the stakes, <laughs> the stakes. Wait, we have to think about before we fight people? <laughs> it's a bit like not... a shadow run. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and I've actually played that as well. Uh, that's also some... But yeah, I don't know. In D&D, uh, this amazing thing is that you you are pretty weak in the beginning, uh, but you become these demigods, right? And that's part of the story, at least if that's the story you choose to tell. Uh, but in Cthulhu and in Vampire, it's very much the opposite. Yeah. Actually, vampire is a funny thing because you are strong, mm -hmm. but there's always a bigger, bigger predator in the pond, right? There's yeah. always a bigger fish in, in Vampire the Masquerade. Nice. Uh, yeah. So you feel weak sometimes, actually. It's awesome. I do enjoy the limitations of those settings because it's or the perceived limitations. I haven't actually played much in those, but um, 
I like that you you have to approach it very much cerebrally and not yeah. just try and you know bash your way through everything because usually it doesn't work because the characters are human adjacent. Let's call it not and not in vampire really because that's yeah it's in the name. But, <laughs> but it's it's also this like fighting fighting the beast and it's the thing about I guess that's why it's similar to Cthulhu. It's it's like a game that you know you cannot win. Yeah. But you can prolong it, right? Yes. Uh, and that's actually that goes for vampires as well because this this hunger is a battle you cannot win. Uh, ultimately, you, you will lose at some point, right? Or at least it will it be an in, infinite battle. Uh, uh, I guess there are some there are some aspects of law in the universe of Vampire the Masquerade where where there maybe are some chances of winning, but it's <laughs> it's it's out there. You gotta finagle real bad for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is your fondest gaming memory then? Is it video game related? Is it tabletop mm. related? I, I, I would say it is it is tabletop uh, related because there are some moments uh, in that that uh, cannot be bested. Even sometimes by real like like by real life things happening. Like uh, there are some things. In, I guess why do I say like that? D and D real. <laughs> <laughs> there are some there are some things that happens in Dungeons and Dragons and and uh, tabletop that just stays with you and. The thing that's that that really, I guess, stays with me is that when I have these people uh, like here, in my home or we're somewhere else, there are so so many things we can talk about, right? We could talk about school, like uh, university. We could talk about uh, esports and games, but we, we they often always circle back to these D and D moments. And sometimes some of these players remember moments that I even that I don't even remember, and and it's obvious that it meant so much to them. And sometimes I find myself just like an old man sitting in my chair, just looking at these players, just circling back around stories, and I'm like, "This is uh, this is what life is about, right?" Hell yes. Any any <laughs> this this again will be a teaser because this is one of the questions that's going to be asked in the D and D cast. But any moment you can you can pick out to just tell a quick story about how that went down. Hmm. Let me just. I would say the funeral. Where just because that's on my mind, where one of my old old friends uh, from life uh, started uh, crying, was uh, it's a recent one, but it's a powerful one for me because I've never experienced that, and uh, I was like putting this music on and I was narrating how the funeral went on and and the honorary members of the funeral, the parents and and people from from this this uh, now uh, dead players uh, clan and. And his his mother was singing in this in this natural uh, native language of theirs, and and there was this fey creature from the Feywild that uh, summoned the sun and did something, and there was a lot of these things. And some of the players who uh, who wasn't really involved were keeping in the background because it was actually a recent party. It was like the first death of a party is really when the story starts start going crazy, right? The first the first that's what I used to say anyway. The first death. Uh, in a new campaign is is crazy that's that's when a lot of the players uh, starts thinking oh this is serious uh, and also off game the player starts thinking oh the dungeon master is not afraid to kill us uh, but that moment is 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 something that stays with me but I would say finishing uh, my old campaign uh, and all the small things that followed there is is something that stays within my memory especially the characters saying goodbye to each other and you know and and also some of the characters who like started thinking about like 
uh, like there was this NPC that I flitted around with. Should I approach her, like start a life with her? Or also some of the NPCs who actually there were actually two of the players who they weren't they weren't romantically involved, but they were such good friends that they just decided to venture into a, an unknown realm and not necessarily to fight and then just live the rest of their life together. Uh, these these friends and uh, it was it was crazy. Uh, yeah and yeah okay I almost I almost started like <laughs> you <laughs> took me through whole, like, yeah I, I yeah. got goosebumps and you took me through a whole gamut of emotions. I mean if if this is anything to go by I I'm firmly convinced that the community is in safe hands if if that level of passion is something you can cultivate that I am a hundred percent excited and cool with you coming on board and just flexing those those storytelling muscles and that's the podcast this is everything we had to go through so thank you thor for uh taking the time to participate to, to tell all those stories and to you know get the people let the people know who you are a bit more um thank you he, so emotional he, right now yeah <laughs> he's going to be a very frequent guest in the podcast everybody so look forward to uh to more of these moments where we uh <laughs> through this shared shared experience almost cry um <laughs> so yeah thank you once again for coming in the podcast thank you everybody for listening and we will catch you next time goodbye everybody hey you you made it to the end congratulations that must mean you like us enough to want more right well good news we're all over the internet go to embersword.com and subscribe to our newsletter for a chance to play the game early as well as the latest interesting tidbits on the game and the team Join our lovely Discord community over at discord.gg slash embersword. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at PlayEmbersword for regular updates on what we're up to. And remember the basics. Drink water, be kind to each other, and spread the word about Embersword.